In this episode of Nonprofit Success, I share some email layout tips that I learned from the Internet Summit and how you can use these tips to create more engagement in your email campaigns. You're listening to Nonprofit Success, a podcast all about nonprofit marketing for nonprofit leaders, helping you impact more lives by answering the questions you need to define and build a powerful nonprofit marketing strategy. Welcome to Nonprofit Success, the ultimate marketing and promotion resource for nonprofit leaders. I'm Justin Raymond, and today I'm going to share more tips and more information that I learned from the Internet Summit 2018. Now, these tips also came from the session with Godfrey, which is a B2B marketing uh, agency. And Michael Barber was the speaker. I believe he's the founder or CEO of the company, somewhere along the lines of that. And in a previous podcast episode, I shared some more email tips that I learned from them. It was just a really good session, really long session. And so I wanted to break it down into different segments. So you have email subject lines and now you have an email layout. So kind of how you go about creating emails and how you can look at what you've done so far and how you can do differently. So before you listen to this episode, go to your desktop, go to your laptop, wherever you are, wherever you go to design emails and log into MailChimp, Constant Contact, Marketo, whatever email marketing platform you use and pull up an email that you create in that platform. Because I want you to look at that email and then look at these tips, listen to these tips that I'm sharing with you about you know, the must do's for email layout and see how what I say is different compared to what you do. Now, if you're, if you create an email and it's doing really well from a engagement standpoint, what I mean by the click through rate is good. The response rate is good. I wouldn't recommend changing everything after I say all these things. These are just best practices and some tips to help those that are struggling with their email uh, strategies. And if you want to try something new, if you want to A-B test it, A-B test this compared to what you've already done, absolutely recommend that to see if it could improve your, your click-through rates and the activity that you have. So let's get started with this. So this, this, these are email layout tips that I got from Godfrey, Michael Barber, and I want to share these with you. So like when you do anything in marketing, the most important information needs to be at the beginning. Now, he shared some interesting data. He shared that people will only look at an email for two to eight seconds. And now two to eight seconds can be everything from just reading the headline to skimming it or actually just reading it. So when it, you know, it's just like a website. In the previous episode, I mentioned that you have six seconds or less to make an impression on the person that visits your website. They're going to decide whether or not to go to another page on your website, contact you, donate, whatever. The same goes for an email. They receive an email in their inbox, their sanctuary, one of the most private places, somebody that can they can actually control, you know? Uh, and it, the email's from you, and they open it up. And there's two to eight seconds to win them over. So whatever you write in that first sentence needs to hook them instantly. So when you're writing emails, think about from your audience's perspective, what would grab them? 
And now you might write emails for different reasons, whether it's volunteering, whether it's asking for donations, or maybe the people you help uh, have have emails, have access to emails, and you write them emails as well. So think about your audience and think about what that first sentence or first two sentences need to be to get them to keep reading more about your email. Another recommendation is don't use multiple call to actions. When there's a lot of things coming up, going on in an email, it just confuses people. They don't know what to do. Like if you have read more, if you have contact us, if you have click here, go here, all of these things going on, people won't be able to decide like what to do. Like, should I go here? If I go here, I'll miss out on this. Uh, I don't know what to do here, so I'm not going to do anything. So when you write an email and you're writing the content of it, Think about the reason and the goal of that email and try to influence or persuade people to do that one thing you want them to do, whether it's to donate or volunteer or whatever you guys are about. One call to action per email I recommend if possible. And it's different for a newsletter, right? Like you might have different blog posts or things going on in a newsletter. And that's okay because I think people understand that and understand what a newsletter is there's a lot of things going on whether it's read this blog post donate contact us or whatever but if it's you're doing one email and you have one goal have one call to action for that email along with the first point which was your first sentence or the first two sentences need to grab people hook people draw them in above the fold content in your email is going to be the most powerful now, people aren't going to keep scrolling down their phone. So, so real quickly, people are opening emails a lot more frequently on their phones now than on desktops. So when you're designing these emails, don't just look at the desktop when you are designing. Look at the mobile and see how they look. And when people look at emails on their phones, a lot of times they have to scroll down to see the rest of the content. And that's okay. But the above the, goal, above the full content makes... It's that much more important to have that content be powerful. So think about what would get those people to keep scrolling, to want to see what else is going on in the email. You need a powerful headline, powerful image, and a call to action right above the fold. Everything that's important right there so it makes it easy and they don't have to do anything. But if they want to keep reading, they can scroll down, kind of like a website. Another suggestion was don't send email with columns. Now, the reason he said that is because, again, it's with a mobile phone. No one wants to pinch their phone or zoom in on their phone to read something. It's a lot of work. It's a pain. You have to move around. It's inconvenient. So when you're creating an email, make sure it looks good on mobile and everything is one column. It just layers on top of each other so it's easy to scroll. Another thing to think about is wearables. So everybody has all of these smartwatches now, whether it's an Apple smartwatch. I have a Samsung smartwatch. And so I've actually received an email on my watch. So I understand where this is coming from. And these watches prefer text. They can't really see images in an email. They can only see text, which creates a problem. I don't know how many people have smartwatches or use, watch, use smartwatches to look at their email. Mine's just connected with my phone, so I receive emails on my watch sometimes. But when I receive them, you know, it's just straight text-based messaging. 
I can't see the images. So it's just another thing to think about as the world evolves, as consumer behavior evolves. And so let's talk about sizes of certain things in emails. A picture should be no bigger than 480 pixels. This was the recommendation by Michael Barber. Now he said that because after that, it starts to push stuff over and it starts, it starts to look bad and your email format will get all messed up. And also it's 480 pixels. Looks good on the desktop. Looks good on the mobile. People can actually see what the image is about and can actually read what the image is about. So try to constrain it. 480 pixels. Nothing more, nothing bigger. And if it, if you have put one bigger and it looks fine, it's probably fine. I mean, but there's so many phones out there. So many restrictions so many do this don't do that and so it's real difficult to text everything so i can understand if you can't make everyone happy but try to make majority of your audience happy and you'll see better results buttons are also critical when it comes to emails you've received an email before i'm sure with a link hey uh I don't even know if they say click here now. I don't recommend even putting click here because most people look at emails on their phones and there's no clicking. There's pressing, right? So read more. So you've received an email and they're like, read more and it's a link. And you try to put your finger on it, but you can't because it's too small and your phone's not reading it. So you're like, forget this. I'm not reading this email. I'm deleting it. So whenever you have a call to action, whenever you want somebody to do something, put buttons on there that are thumb friendly. The recommended size for buttons is 44 by 44 pixels. And they don't have to pinch. They don't have to zoom. They don't have to do anything. They just need to press it with their thumb or whatever finger they use on their phone to go to that link or go to that landing page that you want them to go to. Headlines are often included in emails. And the text minimum for that was 22 to 25 and even 30 font size. The body copy minimum, 16 pixels. So the headline, obviously a lot of bigger. It's the headline. It's the reason for the email. It's what's going to grab their attention. And then the copy, 16 pixels. Because once again, think about mobile. I almost would think about mobile first from this standpoint, which I know is hard for a lot of us because we grew up using desktop or depending on what, how old you are. Um, you grew up using a desktop or a laptop to look at emails, but a lot more people are looking at phones. And some neat things that he said you can do with emails is add a Twitter feed to the email to create some interactivity, some engagement going on, some fun. Uh, add, add your Twitter feed or some hashtag you guys created, and it can be a real-time Twitter feed, and they can see what's going on with that. And that will just be as simple as uh, going to Google and trying to find uh, some of bed code for your email, depending on what you use. You can also put a survey within an email and ask a few survey questions uh, just to get some feedback from your readers. You can also do a countdown clock to create urgency. If by this date they have to register for your webinar, this date to buy a product, this date for the sale, whatever it is, put it in there to create urgency. It's fun. Um, I think it can create some good engagement without too much uh, demanding people to do too much and then gifts gifs uh, I always forget how to say that I apologize if I mess that up put that in there too as well they're funny people love them they get shared all the time I share them all the time in my text messages they'll make people laugh it gives personality to your brand 
So there's a whole bunch of tips that I just shared with you about email layouts. So if you listen to this while you're driving and you don't have an email pulled up, please listen to this again uh, after looking at one of your emails. Just see how you can improve it. Um, I think you can always get better at what you do, always improve something that you do. So take one or two tips from this thing and just apply it to your emails and see how much more effective they are. So thanks for listening. I hope you have a great day. And uh, I hope your end of year giving is going well, going successful. This was Justin Raymond with the Nonprofit Success Podcast. Thanks for listening to Nonprofit Success. If you've learned something new or if you have questions about a specific nonprofit marketing tactic or tip, please feel free to shoot me a message on LinkedIn. You can find the URL on the main podcast page. And uh, one thing real quickly. It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe to this podcast and share this podcast with other nonprofit leaders or members. It is my goal and purpose in life to inspire a million people to do good. And I plan on doing that just through the knowledge and skills uh, in marketing that I've developed throughout the years. So I just hope that with my knowledge and skills on marketing, I can help nonprofits make a bigger impact and therefore inspire others to take action. So please subscribe and share nonprofit success. Have a great day.